Marcus. What's up? How you doing? Ah. That's a good answer. <laughs> yeah, that's that's, I, that's open yeah. to interpretation. Yeah. That's a real like. That's a real like the end of being there sort of answer. It's kind of like I was trying to avoid saying um, gutters and strikes, strikes and gutters, but just to be all cliche. I do like Big Lebowski, but that's essentially it. That, 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 that's my version of, you know, ups and downs, downs and ups. Do you like movies? Yes. I like movies too. This is the Zebras in America podcast. Let's start it off. So Big Lebowski, that's a good movie. Yes, that, it is. That people get really excited about. Yes, it is. Yeah. But it's, it, it's one of those things where it's like, it's a great movie. Yes. Is it as great as people, the cult, the cult of Lebowski? Yeah, I can. When something gets to a legitimate cult status like Big Lebowski, I don't even. I, well, everything's up for debate, but sure. for me, I don't bother debating because I just feel like when you get to that level, these people have made up their minds. I've read not like obsessively, but I've read enough and and have listened to enough interviews and whatnot to be like, okay, these people are into it. There's some legitimate, like, deep delve, you know. I'm not that... I'm one of those guys, like, I enjoy the movie. But yeah. I'm not gonna, like, cosplay, uh, you know, one of the, um... What's the, uh... Who, I mean, who are the three guys? The, um... The, yeah, see, the, I don't the, even the, know the, 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 the nihilist. Or, like, oh, I'm not gonna cosplay Walter or something like that. W- but, you uh, and, do you and I want to cosplay Lethal Weapon at a film festival? Oh, man, that would be good. The big and tall, uh... Version of the big, the big and yeah. tall lethal weapon guys. Yeah. That you would know, be fun. You know what I've always wondered. I, I mean, I feel like I know the answer. Or but salt like, and pepper for like the the old people that aren't <laughs> yeah, listening to this right. podcast. I wonder if Danny Glover does he still fuck with Mel Gibson? He he can't possibly right because I've never heard because you know for those I, I feel like some people don't know some do but Danny Glover is like extra like Northern California Bay Area like activist super super leftist. He's a guy who's made like disparaging comments against Ronald Reagan when he was dead. He's that kind of guy. He's He was <coughs> close friends with Hugo Chavez to well, the point okay. that, that Hugo Chavez was going to help him fund his dream film about Toussaint L'Ouverture. Oh, that that at one point, it's funny you say that, at one point that was going to be directed by Charles Burnett and it just went into, for, who directed Killer of Sheep. That would have been, um, in, that would have been yeah. the best, that that would have been the best movie ever made. No, but there was a cast, like on IMDb for years, there was a cast. It was like random, it was, you know, Danny Glover, yeah. Lawrence Fishburne, Wesley Snipes, it was going to be this whole big thing. But no, but going back to, but I feel like a guy who's like Mel Gibson, who's like N-word this, Jews this, faggots this, like all that stuff, and given all that Danny Glover is, he, he can't really be cool with Mel Gibson anymore. And it's not like Mel Gibson suddenly became this shitty person, but... You know, I, I I do wonder if they keep in touch. They can't. I hope not. I don't know. I think Mel Gibson is just such a weird cat because he says... Weird, you're being nice. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm a psychology major. I try to meet people where they're at. Seems like a very troubled person who said some terrible, terrible things and fetishizes violence as evidenced by... Many of the movies he's made, though I actually heard the last one he did was good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, okay. But the fetishized violence—I'm not going to criticize him because I don't know. I feel like two thirds of the male directors in the world do that. Oh, it's—I so don't have a problem with it's that. It's not a so criticism; much. it's a statement. <clears throat> sure, sure, sure. I'm just I, yeah, yeah, yeah. like like you are wearing a blue dashiki today. Yes, I am. There's not a judgment; it's a statement. Fair enough. I'm wearing yeah. a sweatshirt with uh, with an Ewok on it. Yep. And that is a judgment because it's awesome. Yeah, it's the first thing I said when that's, he uh, came to my true. apartment. Um, 
Yeah, I think... Here's the thing. Everyone has friends. One of my best friends is sort of racist. Wow. Yeah. And I love him. Mm -hmm. But when he starts talking about stuff that sounds pretty similar to eugenics, I'm like, shut the fuck up. I don't want to hear this. You know that? Yeah. So, I'm sure at first Danny Glover was like, shut the fuck up. I don't want to hear this because it seemed that their friendship was genuine. But I'm sure at a certain point, you can't... At a certain point, you have that friend, like, you watch Mean Streets, like, you can't vouch for him after a certain point. Oh, Johnny Boy. Yeah. R.I.P. Johnny Boy. He got shot in the neck. Yeah, he did. By Martin Scorsese. That, I think that might be Martin Scorsese's best cameo in one of his movies. I mean, you, you said that last episode, I think. I did? Yeah, you said that, or obviously, Taxi Driver. Well, let's extrapolate on it, because there's... So there's that... Who has oh. better eyebrows? Him or Brooke Shields? Scorsese. What if they had a child? Oh shit! It would be all eyebrow. They just give birth, <laughs> like that scene in um, the Fly, yeah, where she gives birth to like a larva. Yeah, it would just be a squirmy, furry eyebrow. Or just the most charming person. Maybe I don't know. I I I have I have a soft spot in my heart for Brooke Shields, and I have something somewhere for Martin Scorsese. Sure. But you were about to say something. No, no, just like, uh, yeah, it, it's always Mean Streets and Taxi Driver, but he has a wonderful cameo in, um, oh man, what's the, the After Hours? When he goes yeah. into, it, he, he, he doesn't have any words, it's just such a weird, cryptic one, it, like the camera just pans past him quickly, he's like dressed as like an SS officer, speaking of Mel Gibson, he's dressed as a an SS officer, and he's like flashing this like light in the club, and then, you know. And then the camera just pans away. But I've always been fascinated by that. And hopefully in the future, I think I mentioned this on the past episode, this film called um, Round Midnight with Dexter Gordon. It's a jazz film. He has a great one scene. And I think Martin Scorsese could have made a hell of a character actor if he cut, like, if he didn't make some movies. He was just too busy on, making you know? movies. Yeah. I, I, I do want to get your friend on here to just talk about After Hours and the first part of New York Stories. Do you think you can see if he wants to do that? He's, I mean, he just, he, my friend, by the way, who is Rob Cotto, he just wants to know when. And and for the reason you said, because he's like, I get a sense that it's like Scorsese, Movie Talk, Raging Bull, Taxi Driver, Goodfellas. We don't and need it's to like, talk you know, about those Exactly. Movies. He totally would want to talk about New York Stories. Or just, not even, and, and like you said, he would totally love to talk about a section of New York Stories. That would make him well, so Well, New York happy, Stories is, is you know? which is like... The, his his the, section. The fifth yeah. time I've talked yeah. about on this on this podcast yeah. is a triptych yeah. of him, uh, Woody, Woody Allen, Allen who, who does a bizarre story, and Coppola, who many argue was maybe the first film directed by Sofia Coppola. Because it's... it's In 89? Yeah. How old was she? She was, like, in her early teens, no? Yeah, it's about her, like, throwing a party. Yeah. It's kind of like... I feel like... She, I don't know. It's fun, but they don't compare, to for me, to that story. So I just I just want to talk to talk about it, and it's hard to find people to talk about it. Yeah. But, yeah, because those other movies, there's, there's stuff... There's nothing to talk about. I was... I was with my cousin the other day. We were walking over the bridge. Mm -hmm. um, which bridge? You know, that kind of bridge that leads you to Queens near College Point. Oh, and I don't even know. I don't know that. It's like not, oh, you know, I don't know. It's, 
I love Queens, but I don't know everything about it. We we met up to get some dosas in Flushing, mm-hmm. and then decided that we wanted to get arepas in Jackson Heights, so we walked. That's the best place to go for arepas, Jackson yeah, Heights. Yeah, I mean, if, if there's no other place, unless probably, uh, you know... Actual Columbia. Yeah, actual Columbia probably. Or on the corner of where I live in Sunset Park. There's dude, a big Colombian spot. Dude, we should get some arepas after this. They've got good corner arepas. Oh, the corner arepas. Shit. Their ponda bonas are the best. Ponda bone. Ponda yeah. river. Ponda. <laughs> so we were talking about like our, our issue with overly serious movies is that humorless films are unrealistic. Goodfellas is as good as it is because of the funniness in it. Yeah. Or... Yeah. Movies like that keep you going when terrible things are happening because there's also funny things happening. Yeah. Um, we got so sidetracked. So this week is pretty cool. You know why? Why is that? Because last week we got accepted to iTunes. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, you saw you saw all the pictures I had to send you. When we described the podcast, there was an F word in it. So we got censored and got denied. So then I had to send a bunch of emails to them, and then they sent a bunch back, and I changed it, and now we're we're on um, we're on iTunes, and it has helped us get more people listening. Um, I want more people to listen, but it'll happen. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, sure. Yeah, it's a new podcast. It's I mean, just starting a new podcast in general. You you've now entered this sea of just kind of. There's so many podcasts out. Even just just our specific lane, just movie podcasts. There's so many. But I think with the people we know personally, between the two of us, you know a lot of people. Like even right now, I'm just happy with the fact that like our friend. I mean, you know, there's a few strangers too, which is always great. But just our friends who also know a lot, lots of people are enjoying it, and I'm and I'm fine with that. And it doesn't hinder other stuff we do. Like doesn't hinder your music stuff. I guess it hinders my. I haven't done music stuff recently, but it doesn't hinder my website stuff. Doesn't hinder my other podcast appearances. I've been been working on a lot of stuff. I do worry that I because I I my main music income is working on films. Mm -hmm. That that some of the comments I've made about other directors may hinder my work. You want to know what? Not necessarily. I'm going to bring this back. To Francis Ford Coppola. Vincent Gallo said some of the most mean things about Sofia Coppola. A few years later, Francis Ford Coppola cast him as the star in Tetro. So you never know. You know yeah, it's like, I, here's the thing. I'm not going to not say the things I say. Mm-hmm. I don't... That's the thing. But like yeah. listening last week when I kind of shat on Wes Anderson, I was like, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I did kind of. And I was... There was... I, I wasn't like... I mean, I meant everything I said, yeah. but I was like, oh, I mean, I'm not getting a job scoring for a Wes Anderson movie. Well, don't say that, because you never know. You never know. I'd score the shit out of a movie. Yeah, don't I say just, that. I just want him to, you know, go back to making movies that are just a little more... I want the got, bottle rocket rush more. Wes I want Anderson that, back. I, I even, I mean, I like, every, we talked about this, I like everything up to... Life Aquatic, mm-hmm. but Life Aquatic like is a lot of folks. Yeah. Like Life Aquatic is is fun because it's silly, and I like the Fantastic Mr. Fox because I like uh, claim I, I, that stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think he's unable to make a good movie. There are parts of no, the no. Grand Budapest Motel that were really cool, but it just missed that emotional depth. Sure. Um, 
I just read that in Saturn news mm-hmm. that the the director Jonathan Demi has died this morning. Yeah, you know, just as you came to the door, I, I just saw he was trending. <clears throat> and anytime someone like an artist or whoever, like in their late fifties on, is trending, I guess this is how my mind works. But I know yeah. there's plenty of other people who do the same. I were I'm like, oh no. And yeah, this is one of those. You know, he's um he's a legend. He's one of the best American filmmakers ever. One of the best filmmakers ever. He's got... He left his mark. He's got classics. He left his mark. He got classics of different styles. Exactly. And that's... Yeah, I was going to say... He was versatile. Yeah, yeah. Also, we live in this... We live in this society, so if you check your... Any of your social media or the internet and you start seeing pictures of someone, you're like, fuck. Or it's their birthday. Yeah, exactly. So it scares me, yeah, when it's older guys. Like... If if you if you're about to post a picture of Stevie Wonder and it's not his birthday, I'm gonna kick you because I'm yeah, gonna because yeah. it's like there was some joke someone said that we need to wrap Stevie Wonder in bubble wrap. Sure. Oh, because everyone's like dying and we want to preserve him. Yeah, I was talking to Shaka mm-hmm. King, the director, yeah. mm-hmm. the other day, just like how weird it is for me to live in a world without Michael Jackson, Prince, and David Bowie. Yeah, it's like so weird. For me, it's more... Oh, man. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to have a Ryan Gosling and song to song moment. But yeah, we were driving back and uh, my fiance's iPhone was playing in the auxiliary. And it was a couple of Prince songs that played were like two of my dad's... Adore being one of them, but like two of my dad's favorite, most favorite Prince songs. And it's this double combo of like, my father recently passed, Prince kind of recently passed, and there's that connection between the two of them. And it was just like, oh, shit, Jesus. You know? Yeah, I, yeah. I didn't have the. I didn't have the. I'm not to kick him when he's done. I don't have the uh, David Bowie uh, connection that you know a lot of people do. That just wasn't my. Th- my only. My only outside of him appearing in certain movies, you know, I mean, that I Labyrinth. like. You know, well, not just the uh, Hunger, yeah. Twin Peaks, Firewalk with Me, even Ooh. though it's just one scene. Man Who Fell to Earth. He. Great, my, yeah. my only connection through to David Bowie is through my love of Brian Eno because they had a. They were very close. The, yeah, the Berlin so, trilogy is yeah. like super fantastic but the thing is you don't have to be like a huge David Bowie fan to be like yeah he was was, you there were stuff that he did that you were that you were connected to uh to make a a sad connection um well this whole conversation is sad life is sometimes sadness but it's also joy well to bring it I mean if I may for a second oh yeah, yeah yeah in the late 90s Scott Weiland of the Stone Temple Pilots made a solo album that was actually very good. And he did a song called Barbarella where the video was the man who fell to earth. Wow. It was very beautiful. Oh, I didn't... Oh, I need, oh I'm glad... Because I have a series that I kind of stopped years ago called um, on Pill and Empire called Music and Movie-Inspired Music Videos. And that's good to know. I'll, I'll give you credit on that one. Yeah. I, I He was... What was a Revolver? It was basically like Guns N' Roses and him. Velvet Revolver. Velvet Revolver. I went to go see them perform. This is a while back. I was uh, auditioning to scratch for this like rock band. This was the tail end. It, this is when it was still kind of cool. It was like, yeah. you know, the Incubus Corn, Limp Biscuit kind of rock group. And then like they have the hip hop DJ. And then I they wanted to me to... I went to more than one Incubus concerts. Incubus, I, I don't know about recently, but in general, I am an Incubus fan. And and outside of a lot of the... Follow me while the, I burn. As, as, as a turntablist, <laughs> there was this huge, like, 
you know, in the early 2000s of just like every band had a DJ and yeah. it was just okay. I have to say, DJ Kilmore is, is legit. Not, not that other, you know, like who, uh, DJ Homicide from Sugar Ray. All these DJs actually know how to scratch, but Kil, D, DJ Kilmore from Incubus is kind of on another level from all the other like scratch DJs and rock bands. I will but, say um, him, him and Mr. Han from Limp Bizkit mm-hmm. had skill in incorporating what they were doing. Oh yeah. I wouldn't say that I don't think Mr. Hunt's like a great DJ, but he was smart at he was good at at being part of it. And I just went to when I was a kid, um I went to a bunch of concerts at Roseland. I met a very good friend at a three eleven Sugar Ray Incubus concert. So Nice shout out to two thousand one. Two thousand one. I'm talking nineteen ninety seven. Oh, that's oh oh man, that, that's like no. I'll just start now. Oh no, but I was saying I went to go see a, a Velvet Revolver show and I felt very out of place. And I remember like I DJ'd. I, I I went to some studio. I had to lug my turntable and and mixer on on a bus, scratch for these guys. And then they were just like, hey, we got an extra ticket to this Velvet Revolver show. You want to come with us? And it's like I don't know. I don't. I never like Guns and Roses. I never had anything against on Temple Pilots, but they, they, they basically right away, I appreciate it. They wanted to like be cool. I was going to be in the band, I guess. And they were, come on, hang out with us. I just felt very out of, out of place. In but, um, one time I was in Pennsylvania and my friend was like, yo, if you buy any CD here, you get a free ticket to go see OzFest. You want to go to OzFest with us tomorrow? No. And I was like, yeah, why not? You so, went to OzFest? Yeah. I'm good. I, I, I'm just, I'm good. I didn't, you know, I didn't like many, most of the bands that were on the roster, but I had a great time. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that, that's all that matters. I, <clears throat> funnily enough, I'm not going to say which it is, but I am on a behind-the-scenes featurette in a early aughts new metal DVD. Nice. Where I, where I just... I'm saying, you want good questions? You want good answers? Give me good questions. Because they were asking me dumb questions. Sure. These are dumb. Yeah. But they just had me, they looped me saying that three times. (laughs) If you you can find that, send me an email um, and, you know, you'll get a thing. Yeah. But, um... If we ever do merch, you'll get a thing. Yeah. Go... Going back to Jonathan Demme before we get to, I, you know, it's like... I want to go to Jonathan Demme. He's he's also a guy who, um, he was working up until recently. He had a new movie that came out last year. It was just, uh, Ricky, Justin... Ricky uh, Justin, and the Flash. Yeah, this uh, Justin uh, Timberlake concert show. Oh, was that... Is that what it was called? Oh, I don't know about... His last narrative film was Ricky and the Flash. Oh, okay. Because I know was, he did a film last year. Which was with Meryl Streep. Oh, okay. As, where she learned... Where Neil Young taught her to play the guitar... Oh, oh, that, that that's all it's about. No, no, for, for, to get ready for the part. Oh, 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 oh it's okay. about it's a semi truthful story about this this um, music mom following her dream later in life. Mm-hmm. It's like a heartwarming. It's like a heart warmer. Mm-hmm. Um, fun thing. I think. Well, I I feel like maybe we should just go through all of these because why not? Mm-hmm. But one thing I noticed, you know. We're going to get into this in a future episode, but I've been hinting that I'm going through the films of Hal Ashby mm-hmm. and and figuring out my hypothesis if he's if he's possibly my favorite director well. or just that he's an unsung hero of American film. Mm-hmm. And one of his last films was uh, a Neil Young documentary concert film. I'm like, Neil Young 
has some real heavy hitters doing his documentary concert films. You got Jim Jarmusch, mm-hmm. you oh, know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Crazy Martin, Horse. Martin Scorsese, mm-hmm. and I think like if that's just if those are just the three people that made your concert films, you're doing pretty good. <clears throat> yeah, you're legit. I just wanted to say, and but I, I'm having trouble finding uh, those. Mm-hmm. I'm having trouble finding his Hal Ashby one because it was also oh. during the time that he made the album Trans. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with Neil Young? I'm not. I'm, well, I, I know who he is, but like his music and like, I no. Neil Young is the reason I started playing guitar. Wow. Because my father was a huge Neil Young fan mm-hmm. and one day he sat me in the car that's where we listened to most of our music. Played me Neil Young, and I was just like, "I need to, I need to do this." Right. Changed everything. There is one song by him that I do love very much called "Harvest Moon." Yeah, it's, it's a, a very song. New Englandy. I'm from New England, and it just kind of reminds me just just a specific part of New England. I'm from Amherst. I'll I'll say that a million times, but it but that 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 song reminds me of Amherst. Anything that reminds me of Amherst kind of warms my heart. It makes me uh puts me in a good place. Yeah, that song always does it for me. Mm-hmm. And and what was what's truly great about Neil Young, also Prince, was that there are still glimmers of genius every once in a while. Because that mm-hmm. song was made thirty years into his career, and Neil Young yeah, sure. st- Neil yeah. Young still makes good songs. And the sad part about losing Prince was that he still would make good songs every once in a while. Mm-hmm. None of his songs were bad, mm-hmm. to, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But like this week, I showed my fiance for the first time Cindy Lauper's cover of When You Were Mine mm-hmm. she didn't even know that it was a Prince song so, oh. so then she lost her shit because her performance had like the 1980 something video music awards mm-hmm. I'll show it to you it's, it's like it's guttural mm-hmm. also she Miles Davis's cover of Time After Time is, is I haven't heard that either dude I'm gonna send it to you it's like it's it's rough but it's beautiful and then I and she was just like, "Oh, Cindy Lauper is the best." I'm like, "Yeah, she is." Yeah. And then I played her the original, and I realized like, he was doing such different stuff. When you were mine, has like no. It's like the guitar was straight in. Mm-hmm. There's like no reverb, nothing, hmm. and a farfisa organ, which is like, often the most annoying things, but he made it work. Awesome. So, Jonathan Demi. Mm-hmm. He'll go through some of these. He was from the school of um, Roger Corman too. You know, he started off uh, working on, under him, like like a lot of people did. And you know, yeah. Roger Corman made a. I don't know. No, he made a couple. He made two cameos. Once you know, Jonathan Demi got big. He Roger Corman has a cameo in Philadelphia and Silence of the Lambs. Great cameo in Silence of the Lambs. Um, Do you want to start yeah. from the bottom or start from the top? I like to start from the top. Okay, so. Did you have? Did you see Ricky in the Flash? No, I haven't. I enjoyed it. Oh yeah, Is, okay. yeah it's like a heartwarming thing. Mm-hmm. You see? Did you see the movie Chef? Yeah, absolutely. I love Chef. Was in my top ten of 2014, which had a lot of people go, "Huh? What? What?" And it's like no. how? How could you not? That movie's you... pretty perfect. No, I, I don't. Very few movies are perfect, but that movie is almost perfect. For what it for what it, for what it does for what it, exactly because it's it's just it's the right film for what it does because yeah. it it talks I the agree. joy of food. And family and importance and oh, thank you. High five specifically, for that. specifically father and son, or not even just father, just fathers. Period. Sure. In film, like there's certainly I th- 
again, I'm not... I, I, I didn't say it before, I don't know why I said it again. But, like, a movie like Juno, don't really... I don't have an opinion about that movie either way. But J.K. Simmons' character in that movie, it's like, oh, a good father. There yeah. may be some unrealistic... It's just kind of... I, I, I don't know... In, in my world, and, and fathers, I know just the whole, like, you know, my young daughter's pregnant. All right, well, we'll get through that. That doesn't seem too realistic, but fathers can still be supportive. And I just feel like when it comes to dysfunction in families, like, sure, the, the mother thing, the Freud thing, but I think dads are either just, like, dumb cavemen or they're just messed up. And it's nice to see, like, good fathers in, in, in movies. It's not rare... But it's no. definitely not. It's it's not often oh. at, at the same time. Also, so. like that scene with the cornstarch, where they're hot and they and they're like they they put the cornstarch starch on their balls. Oh yeah 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 yes like yes, yes, that was yes, something yes, that my yeah. dad taught me. Yeah. Oh wow. You know? That's cool. And so and also, oh man, we're super super tangent tangenting today, which is mm-hmm. wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Leguizamo. Yeah. Who co-stars in Chef? Yeah. If I, I've always been, well, I've seen him a couple times. I've tried to his play, his play Freak. I think it was. Mm-hmm. Was that his one man show? I'm not sure. I don't remember. He had a one man show. Oh, like the famous one. That yeah, he, yeah. I, I don't remember the name, but I know what you're talking. But about. he was, does all the characters. He does all the characters, and it's strongly about him and his dad trying to understand each other mm-hmm. and like not beef all the time and come to a certain understanding. And that came out like as like the height of my dad's sickness and we were not getting along at all. Oh wow. Cuz that's something that men and fathers sometimes do. Yeah. And it's like when you're a teenager you're like me. My balls are dropping. I don't understand what's going on. Everyone yeah. hates me. Yeah. But and then your dad's like I'm sick. My kidneys don't work. I have to do dialysis 3 times a week. Ah. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and in retrospect it would have been like I'm sorry. I'm an asshole. Moving on. Yeah. But I went to see this play. I don't... I Freak might have been his movie. I don't know. I, I'm i going to find out exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah. And, and like, I made him go see it. Oh, cool. Cause, cause, oh, that's cool. Cause it... Because I was like, Dad, I really, I really think that this will help. And, uh, it did. Because he understood, like... He understood that... Because the, you know, he's from, he's from, I don't want to say the wrong one, you know, which, where he's from. Oh, he's from, he's Colombian. Colombian. Talking about John Leguizamo. Yes, sir. Which is, I feel like people to this day are surprised to hear, like, he obviously, you know, like, is he Puerto Rican? Is he Dominican? Is he this? Because he does a lot of characters of, of that ethnicity, but no, he's, he's Colombian. See, I didn't even know that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Rarely does he play a Colombian character, so... You're right. Just go on for one. You second. know what? Okay. Well, why, he's looking something up. I, this remind finding was, out John, being John John Leguizamo Colombian. I had this. I remember being in my early teens and finding out that Armand Desante wasn't Spanish or Latino of any kind. He's Italian American. I remember feeling very betrayed because there was a period where like he'd play like he had like an accent, but he's like American. But he had this like kind of tinged Spanish accent. Um, and obviously, you know, uh, Mambo Kings. Yeah. And, and, other, and, and he played a Latino in another film as well. And I just remember feeling so betrayed. Like, wait, Armand Asante's white? Not that there's anything wrong being white, but it's like he's not Latino or Spanish of any kind. That's kind of weird. And I feel that's how a lot of people are. I've told people in the past, John Lee was almost Colombian, and some didn't believe me. It's like, no, just, I don't know, look it up. It's a fact. I don't know. I just think he's, I think he's amazing. Sure. 
and he he's back. He's he he. They brought him back for John Wick two, which I was very happy about. Yeah, I oh, haven't seen John Wick two, but I'm gonna go see it. Oh yeah. I feel like I feel like maybe next week we'll get we'll get a little into on revenge and films and stuff. And uh, as uh, suggested by Serengeti. Oh, that's true. I guess he did. Yeah. You know, so I just want to say that, like, if you're listening, John Leguizamo, you uh, helped the last year of my father's existence, <laughs> me and him. Awesome. Get along. I appreciate that. Awesome. So, yep. I just got a little tear in my eye, but that's it. It is what it is. Hey, man, it happens. It ties into what we talk about in uh, next week's episode, too. So that's awesome. That's true. That's awesome. Um, so... Jonathan Demi. Jonathan Demi. I didn't see Master Builder. Oh, that's the Architect one, is it? Shouldn't know. you have seen it, you, Mr. Architect? See, I'm one of those guys. I've I've been known. I can kill a conversation about architecture, and people find out. You know, that's what I do. Oh and wow, that got and it career. even got a it even got a, a Criterion Collection. Oh wow. Like, people ask me, like, you know, oh, you're an architect, you're in design, are you keeping up with what's going on in India? And it's just kind of like, no, not really. And it's just this awkward silence. But uh, I got to be honest, like, the last, like, the end the end of his career, I didn't really keep up with too much. I, I mean, there's Manchurian Candidate. What was after yeah. Manchurian Candidate? Well, so in between Manchurian Candidate and The Master Builder is Rachel getting married. Oh, okay. That that was and a that nice was, return. That, that was, that was, was not good. bad. That was not bad that at all. That was more than not bad. I really liked it. And yeah, uh, um, yeah Tunde from TV on the radio makes his... Uh, uh, he, he acts occasionally. Yeah, it's um, not his acting so debut. Like, yeah, no, I wasn't going to say debut. I was just trying... I was thinking of the word. But yeah, that's... Uh, and oh, but it, he brought... He was able to bring uh, Deborah Winger back, who kind of was... Uh, MIA for many years and she gives she gives a great performance at the end of the movie as Anne Hathaway's mom. Um yeah, Rachel getting married. Fab Five Freddy co-star. So that's that's pretty I awesome. Need to, too. I need to do a rewatch cuz I like that I liked it and I do like um Anne Hathaway. Yeah. Well, Fab Five Freddy, speaking of Rachel getting married, him and Jonathan Demi were actually were, were friends. And there's a connection there too because Jonathan Demi's nephew, who unfortunately passed away way before he should have, uh, Ted Demi, who directed the great Who's the Man. He's directed a lot of other big movies too, but I just I associate him with Who's the Man. Who's the Man is a classic because film. Ted in... Demi, I don't want. I'm not gonna say may he rest in peace. I can't give create. Uh, I can't use the word create because Yom TV uh, raps was stolen from Ralph McDaniel's, but. He created the show that is your MTV reps. And Ted, and Ted Demi yeah, I mean, has always video, been, you know. Video Music Box is, that was, that's that's what should have been your MTV. Any t- growing up, anytime we'd visit my grandmother in Queens for the weekend, I remember late at night just sitting, waiting for someone to order an LL Scratch video or Punk Barbarians. Or I'm going deep cut hip hop for those of you. Yeah, so Ralph listening. McDaniels, who is also in the band Stetsasonic, where Prince Paul got his start, had a, like, not, it was like almost UHF type video show that was uh, filmed in the, you know, downtown Manhattan. And it was classic, and he played all the classic cuts, and you can call in and request, and yeah. Some, some directed by him. He's also a music video director. Directed It Ain't Hard to Tell, um, the Nas and Ain't Hard to Tell video. And, <laughs> A lot of others too, but um, no. I was saying it was not. I, I didn't know that Fab Five Freddy and Jonathan Demi were actually close. I went to go see this movie, um, 
uh, Man Ain't Nothing But a Man, um, starring Otis Dixon and uh, I forgot the other actors in the movie. And it was at the Jacob Burns Film Center, um, and jo- with Jonathan Demi was uh, I don't remember a specific title. I know my friend Chris Funderburg is listening; he's gonna kill me. But Jonathan Demi was a head of of a board or something at. Uh, the Jacob Burns Film Center in upstate New York, and he was heavily involved in, involved in that theater. So I went to go see that screening, and Jonathan Demi and Fab Five Freddy introduced uh, the film. I got to, I, I met, I shook Jonathan Demi's hand very quickly. Now that I'm talking, I'm realizing this. Uh, my friend Chris for the Pink Smoke he used to work for the Jacob Burns Film Center. And we he don't, we don't know the name of the movie. No, I said uh, a man ain't nothing but a man. Okay, yeah, right. um, no, nothing but a man. Sorry, and. Um, I left, and then Chris wanted to get me to um, to actually talk, speak to Jonathan Demi and have a conversation, but he was just crowded with so many people, because that's the kind of guy he is when you direct Silence of the Lambs and Something Wild and uh, Philadelphia and, you know, other stuff. It's, uh, you know, you're the man. People are going to want to take pictures with you and, and, and swarm you, so. Crazy thing I just saw. What's that? Jonathan Demi came up with the story for Black Mama, White Mama. Yeah, isn't that isn't that a Roger Corman production? Possibly. That was a movie I did enjoy. Uh-huh. With um But that's what, yeah. Pam Greer and Yeah, yeah. no, that's what I was saying earlier. That, that's how he got to start in, yeah. in like the B movie, you know, realm and he went on to greatness. Um It's no Scissor Sisters, but <laughs> Scissor Sisters is great. Wait, 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 wait. Are you talking about Switchblade Sisters, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, Scissor Sisters was a band in the early in the mid two thousands. Well, I like but, their uh, cover of the Pink Floyd song, which uh, comfortably numb. Mm-hmm. I don't know no. either, um, but I do know Switchblade Sisters, and that's a that good movie. movie is dope. It's a fun movie. It is. It, it is, is fun. It's a great movie title for just off the street, like not knowing anything about it, like Switchblade Sisters, like you know that wasn't even the first name they tried. They, it was like the seventh. Uh, this is a time where I will give some sort of credit to uh, the director that rhymes with Mint and Mamma Mimo. Oh, I was trying to... Yeah, because he puts his face all over the DVD cover as if he directed it. So the only, the only thing is <laughs> is that Mint and Mamma Mimo put his face on a lot of uh, film releases that a lot of people might not have seen yeah. were he not to. So also, you'll see in this show, there's duality and complications. You can dislike someone and still acknowledge that they've done things that are cool. And he's not the only director to do it, so I don't want to rake him over the. No, a lot of a lot of people, a lot of movies presented by this person. Yeah, exactly. And but if you if you love Switchblade Sisters, and you wanted to know a little more, there wasn't any. So having a DVD release with DVD commentary, is awesome. So that's a time where I'll thank Mimi Mammal Mimo. Yeah, and. There's that thing. It's just dope because it's like it's got the dad from that '70s show as this horrible dude, sure. and the music's dope. And then she like the main character. It turns out that she's been friends with this like this black girl who's been running a Maoist organization on the other side of town. Yeah, like I don't call I don't call these movies black exploitation films. I call them you know black cinema because there's crazy there's wonderful movies that like I do movies like, are weird, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Someone, someone tweeted me after last week about how when they had seen Story of a Three Day Pass, they could, they weren't sure if they had actually seen it. You know, mm-hmm. and I said that good cinema makes you question what just happened. Yeah. Did did I did I just experience what I thought I did? Mm-hmm. And 
a lot of films that weren't beholden to the norms of Hollywood films were able to try different things. Mm -hmm. So this woman's about to go beat up the dudes, and this woman says, the Red Book says by Mao that we shouldn't, you know, do this. And you're you're not going to get that in certain cinema. Sure. Yeah. So that's, so... No, I was going to say, too, that, like, yeah, there, there was a string of releases that uh, Mr. Tarantino put out. And one was Minka Chun- Macomino. Mitten Marin Mino uh, <laughs> did a Chunking Express release back in, before Criterion yeah. got a hold of it. And it's, you know, now I have the Criterion, so I, I got rid of my uh, other, my, my older one. But yeah, but his the thing face like that, you was know, all good. over <laughs> the thing. Yeah. I, I do remember, though, when, that, when those releases started coming out, he was the one that, like, when Hero came out, it was, like, you know, presented by Quentin Tarantino. Macomino. <laughs> I worked at a video store. And then Hero really came out years before it came in the theaters. Yeah. And then I worked in this video store between late 2004 and mid-2005. Um, and this woman came in and, and like, the re-release of Hero, the, theat- the American theatrical release of Hero, had came out on DVD. This was early 2005, I think. Yeah. And this woman came in and she was like, um, do you have Hero? And then... And then um, my coworker, uh, this girl Allison, she was younger and she wasn't as knowledgeable about movies. You know, it's not an insult. And she was just like, "No, we're actually out of it because it was a new release." But we had an old, old version of Hero, you know, uh, a, a DVD for the two thousand two one. And I was trying to actually, we've always had a copy of Hero. It's just not all nicely new package. It's just like the old, you know, whatever. And then she was like, "No, no, this wasn't a two thousand two movie. It came out a couple months ago." I was like, "No, no, trust me, it's the same thing." It's like. And then she got, I remember getting annoyed because she's like, no, actually, this one's directed by Quentin Tarantino. So, and I remember the way she said it really pissed me off. And I was just like, all right, never mind. And she could have watched it. We had the movie. She could have taken it home and watched it. But the way she got arrogant with me upset me. What's up? What's up with like sometimes people aren't very nice to people? Man, this older woman smacked me on my, it didn't hurt. I'm not trying to present like it hurt. Yesterday, getting on, uh, a shuttle to get to my flight back back to New York. This woman hit me on my side because apparently uh, me and my fiance cut her, and then we started arguing. And my fiance brought up a great point, saying, "If we cut you, then that means the forty people who got onto the shuttle before us cut you also. So why don't you complain to them?" But I remember getting very upset, and I yelled at this older woman and her teenage son or grandson because I remember saying, "Had the roles been reversed, had I just touched you, let alone like swiped at your side." The whole airport would have fucking shut down and I would have probably been, you know, shot in the head or I would have been locked up at this very moment. So that really upset me. So that's kind of a, an example of, pri- of privilege right right there. I don't want to make this too much about race, but you can be an older white woman and, you know, swipe at a, a black guy. Even though it didn't hurt, it's not a matter of hurting. Don't touch me, which is what I said. Yeah, I don't Had like- I done that, oh, it would have been a totally, I would have been the new Eric Garner, Mike Brown, whatever you want to say. Yeah, you. So. I don't like being touched by strangers. Exa- yeah. Especially with, with with anger behind the touch too. I don't like that. Yeah, yesterday I you know I've been really working on getting my Zen right and mm-hmm. you know, uh, moving past you know seasonal depressions and emotional issues sure. of being alive. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm walking yesterday and this this woman just like with, with was unaware of her umbrella just like was sticking it into the back of my head. Ouch. And I said, "Excuse me, your your umbrella's hitting me." Mm-hmm. And she was like, Hit! and just kept on moving. Oh man! And I got so upset. Yeah. I was like, I'm not gonna respond and like hit you with the, my umbrella. Yeah. 
but I just wish you cared. I wish yeah. people could show a little compassion yeah. about the fact that it's possible sometimes they're wrong, and maybe, you know... The world would be a better place. If you just apologized, or just acknowledged that you can upset people. Yeah. Um, yeah. So... But back to Mr. Demi. You know... You scrolling. Uh, yeah. Do your notes and whatnot. I haven't seen Philadelphia in a long time. I have... Well, that's not true. I wouldn't say I haven't seen it in a long time. I've seen it, like, semi-recently. Um, what is semi-recently? I feel like I saw it 2008. Okay, that's like, semi-recently. I feel like I was just visiting... I was hanging out at my parents, and it was on. And it just happened to be on from the beginning, and, and, and I watched it. Um... It's cool. It, it it came you know it came out you know at a time when that stuff was important and, um. I guess I'm more particular to you know like films concerning HIV and AIDS. This one of those movies where like I I you know the movie's important and it it needed yeah. to happen. I'm just like a guy who films like maybe Safe or Leo Karash's Bad Blood, but I'm not gonna say anymore because I don't want to be the guy like I like the more obscure movies about you know HIV and AIDS, but I'm not gonna. I like that. the films I about AIDS that. where it's not even like about AIDS. It's about like. Which is kind of what those movies, which is yeah. kind of safe and bad, but it kind of, it's kind of so, bad, actually. Yeah. But, uh, but Philadelphia, it, it, it holds up. It, it's one of the rare movies, too, where, like, rare, like, movies in, like, from the 90s, you know, into now, where you have, like, like Tom Hanks and, Del- and Denzel Washington both killed it, like, where it was just, like, a, it was a true kind of co-starring film versus just, like, two big actors, but one kind of steals the show. It was just, like, you know, they, they both kind of did, you know, great work. So did Denzel get acknowledged for his work? I think he got nominated. He didn't win. He got nominated. But so, you know, just for those listening, because I liked having this platform now. For those who are listening, I do like to say that you know, before this whole Casey Affleck winning and people getting upset, and before people and before he won for Training Day, Denzel Washington already had an Oscar. He won for Glory, and a lot of people like to act as if you know he didn't. And that's I get true. Really, I get really annoyed. Well, because. I love Jadakiss very much, but then it's like he has that line, you know, in the song Why, about why did Denzel finally win for being a crooked cop? And it's like, he didn't finally win. That was his second Oscar. And I remember getting very annoyed a couple months ago after Casey Affleck, which I think Casey Affleck deserved to win. Had Denzel Washington won for Fences, I wouldn't have been mad. But it's this whole thing about how, like, Denzel Washington robbed again. And some people make it about race. Some people make it about white privilege, elitism, whatever. But at the same time, Denzel Washington, who seems like a great guy... He's still like a Hollywood elite millionaire guy who has two yeah. Oscars. So I'm not going to like cry for that. He's got two Oscars. Some great actors have never even been nominated. So I'm not going to get too bent out of shape over a guy who on his mantle, who I'm assuming he has his Oscars. I've never been to Denzel Washington's house. But I, you know, I'm sure somewhere he's got both of his Oscars somewhere where some people don't even have a single not nomination. So it's like I think Denzel Washington will be all right. He's doing just fine. So, yeah, I really liked the movie he did with Robert Zemeckis a couple years ago. What was that called? Flight. Flight. Yeah. That was rough. That was one of his better performances in a long time. Yeah. And, you know, somebody didn't go super crazy about, but what I did like is I do like not so much like the training day kind of. I'm not going to use villain, but I just... I, Denzel Washington reached a point that there was some period where it's just like he couldn't be taken as a serious villain. Like, even even Training Day, he was charming, you know? Yeah. Or at the end of Fallen, 
you know, there was like a charm in it because Denzel Washington, True. he at the end of the, he's, he's a good guy. Wow, even you're fences, bring, you're bringing Fallen into Fallen's it. A, it's a good one. Even yeah. even fences, who he is a son of a bitch. There's still a sympathetic said, quality to him. You, you know? said bitch funny. I did. Oh, yeah. I just oh bitch, uh, son of a bitch, <laughs> son of a bitch. Because I take of, control you know. here. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I went to, when I used to see Karis one in concerts, mm-hmm. he would say, "You know what? When someone calls you a bitch, don't worry about it. It's because I take control here." And then everyone lost their mind. And then he did this great song called uh, "If You Want to Get Away with Murder, Kill a Rapper." Wow. Which is about how, at least up to the time of when he wrote it, that no one had ever gone to jail for murdering a rapper. Sure. Outside of Tupac and Biggie, did they ever find Gen Master J's killer? Um, no, they look into it. They haven't found anybody like yeah. Soldier Slim. Yeah, like it goes. Right. It goes under right. Mac Dre. Rest in peace. Mm. It goes deep on all levels. Oof. It's it's not as frustrating where with with um, Biggie and Tupac, it's pretty clear who did it. Yeah, but I the, think I'm not. I think it's pretty clear. Who was at least involved in the killing of Gem Master J, but I ain't saying it on here. We'll talk about that off air. Yeah, I'm not but. I'm not touched look. I'm not I'm not talk nope. Moving on. <laughs> Alright. Yeah. So the thing about to get like all hoity toity, so you know you know like Robert Rauschenberg's white? Mm-hmm. Or um John Cage's four four four. I know John Cage. I don't know. The- so uh, Robert Rauschenberg, he he in the fifties, he he did this thing. It was a painting. It was three paintings. They were their white canvases, mm-hmm. and that was that. Oh, okay. Okay. And, and John Cage did four four four, which is a. If I'm getting it wrong, I'm trying not to actively use my dictionary while I'm here so if you think I'm wrong uh, send me an email to com. <laughs> so at a certain point you have to do something so people can move on and try different things so there wasn't like anything like Philadelphia at the time Yeah. so it needed to be made and there are some saccharine moments and Still, probably, there are probably some moments that people might even say are problematic from that. But you got to start somewhere. You got to start somewhere. And yeah, yeah, Denzel Washington was really good in Glory. In those court Oh, oh, Glory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was incredible in Philadelphia. Yeah, the court scenes and all that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Which reminded me, prior to that, which reminded me of Ricochet, because there's early on in, in, in the film Ricochet, I, I wonder if he borrowed some of his courtroom scenes from Ricochet and used them in Philadelphia. Don't tell... You're not looking... Are you, don't no. tell me you've never seen Ricochet. No, I'm... I'm some, someone's sending me a text message. Oh, okay. I thought you were looking... Okay, I'm just making sure. Ice-T, no. Denzel Washington, John... No, no I, I know the um, movie. My, my fiance's you, sisters oh, used no to doubt. stop by the house to pick up something. Oh, and I'm saying, okay. go ahead. Sure. Okay. My bad. But the... I don't know if you're early on... Like, when... Early on in Ricochet, when Denzel Washington is this like successful lawyer, there's this great court scene where like he wins the case. And every time when I, when I was a kid, I would watch Philadelphia, and I would always make the wow, maybe these are the 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 early uh, 
the starts of my side-by-side comparisons. I always thought of Ricochet when I would watch the courtroom scenes in Philadelphia. Um, so, yeah. And there's that great scene in the, uh, in, in the bodega or the, the little grocery store with the guy who tries to cruise Denzel Washington and he gets upset and offended, which is a great kind of like, which is something we haven't even mentioned about Philadelphia's greatness, is that Denzel Washington is homophobic. Yeah. Or mildly homophobic. However you want to word it, he's homophobic. He, but start, he, still defends he starts this guy. out very homophobic and ends somewhere. Yeah. And, I, and, and like even the scene when Tom Hanks, who by the way, you know, just so you know, like Denzel Washington is like an ambulance chaser lawyer kind of in Philadelphia. And the only reason Tom Hanks goes and, and, and seeks, uh, you know, re- representation from Denzel Washington is because no one else would take his case. And, and Tom Hanks' character is a lawyer too and he's just too sick to defend. And, you know, yeah, there's that famous scene where, you know, Tom Hanks is like, I'm HIV positive and Denzel Washington literally backs away uh, from him. And that's how it was, apparently. I mean, I was a little, little kid then. But, you know, in the 80s, you know, it's true. Even at the time, Philadelphia, Philadelphia like, 93, 94, there were people, granted, it's folks like fucking Pat Buchanan, who can still consider it into the ni- early 90s that, I'm sure those people still think it now, but then, on a large platform, would consider HIV and AIDS a gay cancer. It most, Quote, it most, you know? And it that's mostly effa- It mostly affects young black women. And that... Well, there you go. You know, yeah. look at the stats. Yeah, the the most in this day and age, the most affected by the AIDS act epidemic are young black straight women. Oh, oh, that's disheartening. That's very sad. But I'm glad that movie got made. And like you said you got to start somewhere. And I I always get scoffed at by my by my friends who are deep Bruce Springsteen fans because I love the the song Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And I love that video that, that I believe was directed by Jonathan Demme. Mm-hmm. And it was people were mad at him because he insisted on recording the singing live as he was walking through the streets of Philadelphia. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, man. So in 93, how did they have the technology to do that? It was not easy. But no, he, I met now, sure, you could do it, but then, like, in the early... What the fuck? Did, did they have a whole apparatus probably next with, to him? No, probably... That seems annoying. He had the backing track in one ear and a lav mic. All right. Still sounds like a, like a, a hassle, but... Yeah, sometimes people be doing that sort of has, hassling shit. Yeah. Oh, but, he did this yeah. movie. I don't know if... Oh, what is it? Um, What's that? Silence of the Lambs. Have you heard of it? I absolutely have heard of it. What is that? It's a great, great film. Uh, tell me more about uh, this. I said that's young, so creepy. Um, tell me, tell more. me more. You sounded like Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. Um, grilling Clary Starling. It, it's it's a it's a murder mystery noirish film about a, a young, uh, soon to be FBI agent played by um, Jodie Foster, who's trying to um, crack the case and find the serial killer named uh, Buffalo Bill, and she tries to do it with the help of Hannibal Lecter, who. Um, did this the reason why she seeks him out? I don't know if it's implied in the film, but like he had he had helped before, kind of helped before uh, with uh, Agent Will, whatever his name is, in a previous Hannibal Lecter story called Manhunter, where they seek or, his help. Or Red uh, Dragon. Let's just go with Manhunter. <laughs> um, shout Man, out to Michael Mann. Manhunter. Um, Manhunter is the better movie, I think. Yes. Uh, who Brian Cox famously played Hannibal Lecter. Uh, long before, not long before, but before you know, um, Anthony Hopkins made the role very famous. But yeah, it's 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 a murder mystery. But there's also there's a lot of things concerning gender in that yeah. film because Jodie Foster, she's this kind of tiny woman in a in a uh, a boys club. Um, 
And her only friend at the FBI Academy is this other small, tiny woman who's the black woman, who, by the way, is Casey Lemons, who is a director in, in her own right. She directed um, Eve's Bayou, Caveman's Valentine. Um, I like Caveman's um, yeah. Valentine a lot. Talk, talk to me, the movie with uh, Chiwetel and uh, Don Cheadle. Um, yeah, so so she's got. Some, I like Eve's Bayou know, too. Eve's Bayou was Eve's Bayou was amazing. Damn, Eve's Bayou was excellent. Yeah, yeah. So Casey Lemons. Caveman's Valentine. Yeah. We talked about this, not on the show, about how much I like that movie. Yeah. I've seen that movie like four times. Haven't watched it since college. Anthony Michael Hall is in that, right? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Okay. I, can, so I guess I remember it. I will. We'll go back to Silence of the Lambs in a second. Sure. But I just want to. It just brings me to a weird thing. Have you ever seen this film called Franklin? Franklin. F R A N K. Why does that sound familiar? It's like a sort of like movie about these four characters. Ryan Felipe's in it, and. It's this guy, he is trying to find the evil man, and he lives in these two worlds. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I have. I have. And it's it's delicious. It's <laughs> yeah. a delicious Holy movie. Holy shit. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. And I suggest anyone that um, likes weird, weird movies of questioning reality, Caveman's Valentine, yeah. you should check out Franklin. It's like... It's like a seven out of four stars on like the super weird like no yeah. it's like yeah it's it's fun it's weird. I'm thinking now we need to do in the future no t- no rush we need to dedicate an episode to Ryan Phillippe movies. Yeah, he's 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 the man. He like he got a tattoo of Sean Price. Sean Price, man. Yeah, yeah. That's, I, I that's respect awesome. any. He was in the Outcast video. He's a guy who he's one of those like kind of Hollywood actors who like his taste in hip hop is legit. Like like I I believe him. Yeah, his. His quotes, his stuff, it seems very real. Here's something. I want you to go look this up on YouTube also. Um, when Leonardo DiCaprio was, this was about 93 or 94, they were asked, it was like a thing where it was like, what's in your discman? And he was, and the first group that Leonardo DiCaprio said, I mean, this was 93, but it was Lords of the Underground. So how fucking awesome is that? I mean, it's not really a mystery. I mean, I I don't know if you know, but Leonardo DiCaprio is like friends with Q-Tip. He's always I been didn't, a, I, Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, he's always been I'm a Tribe joking. Called Every, Quest I, Everyone oh, knows that. Oh, okay. But like, it's Leonardo DiCaprio, like, of all of the all of the artists who were out in 93, for him to say Lords of the Underground first, I think that's pretty interesting. It's awesome. So. It at least shows like an interest Yeah. of those things. Yeah. So I just wanted to say that because, yeah, Ryan Felipe's... Frankly, yeah. But MacGruber... Um, MacGruber is we, a yeah, fun a movie. Of, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I remember not liking it, and then over the years, uh, my Pink Smoke friends started to get me to like it. Like, first of all, just so Val have Kilmer. Watch that's my boy yet. Your boy uh, Val Kilmer. No, I, I haven't. It's hard to. Um, it's in my queue for what it's worth. I, I have. I have some credits. Some some Google credit. I'm gonna rent it on YouTube and stream it to my TV. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's his, his so... performance is great. Just like little th- like he's watching. The, he's like, have you ever been to Washington D.C.? And his little henchman is like, um, his little henchman is like, no. And he's like, I was talking to the bomb. Or like, <laughs> when MacGruber crashes his party, and then he gets kicked out, and he sees this like young lady, and he's like, and she's walking next to Val Kilmer, and MacGruber's like, have fun getting date raped, and he's like, that's my daughter. <laughs> just shit like that. It's just like, just yeah, it's just like so that. good. And then I didn't remember those. I don't remember those scenes. So now, and then I went back and watched it, and I, I've been. It's, it's been an ongoing thing for years. But I have to do the Pink Smoke, which is a site I'm, I'm a contributor to. They have a series called Second Chances, where movies they didn't like 
you reassess them and then it's like, oh, did, 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 did I or did, didn't I like this? And sometimes it's the same outcome because I did that with uh, a couple years ago. I did a second chances on Pink Smoke with uh, My Blueberry Nights. It's Juan Carwai's English yeah. language debut. Still don't like it. But with MacGruber, it's going to change. Episode. Yeah. MacGruber, it's going to change. So. Um, I, I do like My Blueberry Nights. Would you Oof. do? I do. I don't know why. My, my main issue with My Blueberry Nights is too, I think... This is all me. I just think it would have been nice to have a third story. Sure. And Nora Jones can't act. She's not yeah. a good actress. She's, and I th- and she's the main actress, so you gotta act ni- good. She's a nice person, though. I'm sure she is. Yeah, I, I don't mean to be mean. I just think when you're next to the likes of, say, like a David Strathairn or Rachel Weitz or, uh, you know, guys like that, or guys or a- actors and actresses like that, you're really exposed. I do, though, love the Cat Power cameo because I'm in love very, very. I'm I'm in love with Cat Power. I did. Want I, I, to I, be I, the greatest. Yeah, that's one of my favorite songs of hers. I I, yeah, I made good. a I made a beat uh, dedicated. It didn't sample anything. Cat Power. It just like it makes. It's a beat that makes me think of her. Maybe like we'll do one of those little. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe definitely. things. And um, I made it in this. This was like maybe 2010, and I just pictured her face. Um. And in recent years, she has short hair now, which is... Oh, forget about it, because I already had a crush on her, but short hair is, like, my thing. No, but now so, she got, like, this, like, La Femme Nikita sort of thing, but I'm making music. But, like, you go to your concerts, and it's like there's a 30% chance that she'll be performing underneath her chair. Yeah, 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 yeah. She does stuff like that. And that's she, okay. You know, it's very... She can do whatever she wants. I don't care. Social anxiety disorder is real. Yeah. And she also... the other She used to date... A person I'm very fascinated by, Vincent Gallo, which is like, yeah. as much as I appreciate and love his antics and genuinely like his movies, at the same time, I'm like, how did you get her? Like, she's too pure for you, for a, for a guy like him. A we, mean-spirited, kind of angry guy. How did you score Chan Marshall? How did you get cat power? So, we'll, we'll ask, I'm going to ask you more about it next time, but you did see Let's Get Lost. Yeah. Remember Chet Baker's yes. voice? Yes. So, the reason why... Is because Chet Baker, like Vincent Gallo, has this voice mm-hmm. that makes you think things are sweeter than they are. Well, we know what the exit music's uh, going to be off his album when uh, Vincent Gallo that that is. No, damn, I thought about you recently uh, two days ago because uh, an actress uh, that I follow on Facebook, uh, Alice uh, Bernol, she was she's been in a lot of stuff, but she's in this film called House of Tolerance that I like very much, directed by Bertrand Benello. She posted that movie. Up, up on YouTube and I was like oh it's the movie Scott had been trying to get me to see forever so it's a nice little uh, you know connection there so I feel like we should go back into Silence of the Lambs and yeah. then and then yeah. um, I we guess almost that hour I almost get ready to slow down I didn't get sure. to discuss my homework this week which was you had me see Bastards right so maybe we can talk about that next okay and then, so next we'll is in this episode or uh, the next time? Next, next episode. episode. Next okay, episode. absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that is a whole episode unto itself. We're we're yeah we're hitting the thing. So I think you know, Ted Demi, he was incredibly talented. Silence of the Lambs. Jonathan Ted, Demi. Jonathan Ted Demi, Demi was his nephew. Ted Demi was great. Also, he was. Sorry. <clears throat> um, also, these things. What? Silence of the. You know, movies are really good when they change like the cultural. Zeitgeist of how you look at things. Yeah. Like, like, Hugh Lazarus, Goodbye Horses, the most beautiful song, but now you can't think about it and not think about that. 
However, Q Lazarus, that specific song, was used in Married to the Mob years before, another Jonathan, a great Jonathan yeah. Demi movie, years before. So it's weird. Well, I guess Silence of the Limbs was a more popular film and used in a way more infamous scene than it was in Married sure. to the Mob. So I guess that's why it's more popular. But it's, it's also nice when like directors are able to like put forth, because that song, it, it turns out Hugh Lazarus made some great music. Now, I, I found it through that. They're the band in The Party in Philadelphia. That's Q Lazarus. That, See, that's dope. Yeah, that, that's that's them playing at, at the, the, the costume party at, at the end of Philadelphia. I think they're kind of like, their existence is mysterious at this point. Yeah. Well, she was, if I'm not mistaken, they just, her, the, the lead singer, Q Lazarus was a band, but it's just yeah. associated with the lead singer. She was a cab driver, I believe, and she just happened to pick Jonathan Demi up. And that's and then from there on, that's how it. their relationship started, yeah. Like, there's this song at the end of... Pineapple Express Woke Up Laughing by Robert Palmer yeah that I never would have found if it weren't for that movie and it's like top 10 favorite songs that I put on whenever someone's feeling down I send it to them great because it's so good Um, maybe you'll you'll give a second chance to to your highness no probably not I'm just gonna keep it real okay I loved I got a I have to reassess everything about my relationship with David Gordon Green in general, because, um, yeah. But we, we, we talked about this before, I don't want to go too deep into it, it's just, I'm very... How about this? I'm confused, I'm hurt, I, I don't know I don't know what to do How with about myself. This? How about this? What's that? If ever we do, like, a Patreon or a fundraiser mm-hmm. for, like, you know, kidney stuff, yeah. we, could, we could host, like, a live viewing of all the movies in a row. In a row, yes, no, it's got to be in a row because you gotta, you got wait, what the fuck happened? Because you gotta be like around that like later two thousand period. Like, it. wait, like, what happened? And that's you, where you can pinpoint. I'm it. telling you, me, you, watch them all. Okay, but okay. we just need to find a cause. I've got, I've got a good chunk of his films here. I stopped after Pineapple Express. Oh no, no, no! That Prince Avalanche was was a ret- kind of return to form. I, I Prince like, Avalanche was excellent. We've argued about this in the last ep- two episodes ago. I like Joe. I did. Yeah. I, yeah. I also just like that weird homeless dude who like died a week after the movie was made. Yeah. If 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 I remember correctly, I don't know if I hated it. I just think it was like mud light, basically. Yeah. Ooh, I have so many thoughts. I guess we'll have to wait till next week. Have we said what we wanted to say about Mr. Dem? Aside, rest in peace. Thank you for uh, no, everything. Okay, yeah, no, thank you for everything. I'm glad I got to just throw in a little married to the mob there because I don't want to. I also would like, I, I, yeah, in, in, at least for me in closing, I'd like to suggest that people watch um, <clears throat> Something Wild and Blue Velvet as a double feature because those movies are kind of the same. And I mean that. And I don't mean to insult either or. It's just there's some super strong similarities between those movies from Ray Liotta and uh, Frank Booth, played by Dennis Hopper. So which uh, movies all the, you, you think? Hmm? Which movies did you say should be watched in tandem? Uh, s- something Wild and Blue Velvet should be watched back. It's you know, such I, a great d- double feature. I'm gonna say something uh, controversial. What's that? Blue Velvet, not one of my favorite movies. <laughs> That's in my. That's my like top two or top three. I didn't say it's bad. No, no, yeah. But, but it's still unenthusiastic. Yeah. One of my best friends in the world, my friend Doug Cohen, actually hates that movie. So I don't mind what you're saying because I've heard worse said about one of my favorite movies. So I mean, for me, like my favorites are Mulholland Drive, uh, Elephant Man. I actually like this hmm. this straight story a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I like parts of Dune. I like I like much of Lost Highway. 
the oh down by not down by law hmm? the Nicolas Cage one oh Wild at Heart Wild at Heart now that's yeah. a yeah well you're talking to a David Lynch fan or like I like Wild at Heart's like terrible remake Con Air <laughs> follow almost the same story arcs from I like to, to end. I like to consider True Romance a remake of um, Wild at Heart which I always find funny because Quentin Tarantino wrote True Romance and he hates Wild at Heart which is like... Of course he would. Fuck you. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's like... So, um, earlier yeah. when we first started the show, we said we weren't going to say Quentin Tarantino a lot. But here's the thing. I break hey. fucking rules. Exactly. I could yeah. do it. We could do whatever we want. We're yeah. friends. High five. If we don't say nice things about him, I don't care. We can talk about him yeah. as much as possible. I th- so, you I know, a lot shit. of people get mad about a lot of things. And I just... One more thing. Yo. Beloved. It was kind of uh, yeah. fun. I haven't watched that. I saw that in the theater. I was in high school when that came out. It was such a random, like, I saw that with two of my closest friends in the world, uh, my friends Ahmad and Chinua. We went to go see um, it in the theater. And I remember being like, what a weird movie to pick, like, your boys to go, let's go see Beloved. Because we were the kind of guys like, no, let's go see Mortal Kombat or, like, we'd go see Half-Baked. But for some reason, we chose to go see Beloved, which is a weird, uh, you know. But I don't remember it too. I just remember, you know, being Sandy Newton uh, kind of got popular from that film. Yeah. And o- o- Oprah Winfrey made one of her kind of like Daniel Day-Lewis uh, comebacks to acting. She's coming back. Um, She's going to be in Ava DuVernay's uh, Wrinkle in Time. Okay. Well, she was in Selma. So, she, you know, yeah. she, she, I guess that, that was her little like uh, putting I, her foot back in the water. I think she got, that. you know, people get bored. Even yeah, if, sure. Like that ranch seems wonderful and it seems like she lives a life full of meaning. But you still want to, you know, be part of the world. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and she dated Roger Ebert. Yes. And Roger Ebert didn't care for Freddie Got Fingered. Roger Ebert also didn't care for Blue Velvet. He, he, yeah. Way and, more than Freddie Got Fingered, yeah. but still. I don't want, you know, whatever, rest in peace to him, too. I, I had a... I loved, I loved his, I loved his... Um, simple man's take on it. I'm not calling him a simple man, yeah. but but he unarted film for yeah. some criticism. But they're going to be, you know, he never gave a Werner Herzog movie a bad review, and, and never gave David Cronenberg a good one. For or, da- or David Lynch, for that matter. Like he 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 used to hate. It was it wasn't just little. He was notorious for not liking David Lynch until Mulholland Drive, which I always found funny. It was like. All this time in Mulholland Drive is the movie that turned you around. But I also love and the fact that his dying, he left us with a glowing review of To the Wonder. To the that Wonder. was his that last, last movie he reviewed. <laughs> and gave a good and review. Gave a good so review. it's like, all right, you're in my good graces. Yeah. And funnily enough, I was talking to him too, May, who will be our first guest, I think. Absolutely. Uh, we were talking about Neon Demon, and we were, we were both like, this is great. But we both thought, it was like, this is kind of like a poor man's Mulholland Drive vibe, in a way. I didn't even. I mean, I think not to whatever insult either your comparison. I think that's an easy thing. I think for me, it was more like a Dario Argento kind of like um, Suspiria kind of thing. The 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 whole the Mahalan Drive thing the is arc. there. Yes. So I said the I arc. didn't say like it sure. was like sure 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 um, sure sure. So maybe next week we'll talk about where you got fingered. Yes, we have to. Or we keep putting it off. So or bastards. It's either Freddie got fingered or bastards. I'm Revenge. leaning towards. I'm leading more towards Freddie got fingered though. All right, man. So, all right, another high five. Awesome.